Financial abuse can be something as subtle as controlling a budget, and it can go all the way to preventing uh, somebody from spending money. Hi, I'm John Sullivan with 401k Specialist, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. Faith Teope is a multimedia journalist, advocate, and retirement industry expert with a passion for helping others. Her fascinating story includes going from executive assistant to CEO of Texas-based TPA and record keeper Leverage Retirement. She's dedicated herself to combating financial abuse, which she notes is often silent and shows no visible bruises. She discusses her advocacy efforts, what TPAs and record keepers can do better, and she relates a great story about her childhood business success. Faith, you mentioned on your website that one in three women and one in four men are victims of financial abuse. How is financial abuse defined and how are you calling attention to it? Financial abuse is, I mean, that is a really wide category, but it happens to almost every single case of domestic violence. So it being my area of expertise, that's why I want to put a huge focus in on it. But financial abuse can be something as subtle as controlling a budget. And it can go all the way to preventing uh, somebody from spending money. Um, It can be blocking, moving their money to another account, uh, rerouting their income. Uh, It can also be around even things like social activities. So maybe preventing uh, a victim from going out with their friends. So it's a very isolating form of abuse, a huge, obviously a huge control factor there. Is there a greater awareness of financial abuse or is there still a long way to go in getting the word out? There is still a long way to go. And part of that I see is that, you know, we still have a lot of that um, deep rooted, I'll call it conservative mindset of allowing uh, one spouse to have control over the finances. And then we still have the stigma in the financial space, you know, where um, the, the finances are something that I'm not good at, he's good at, or vice versa, you know, she's good at. And so I'll just let them handle it. But what happens and financial abuse is a lot of things that are that go unseen. Now, just, how I'm trying to draw attention to it is uh, not just in my writing, but also in collaborations with organizations like Safe and Harm's Way. Understood. Does it go both ways? I mean, is it men versus women and men and, you know, women and men? How does that work? Yeah, I typically talk about it where the male is the perpetrator. But yes, it can go the other way. And there are cases of that. Um, it's just much, much more common for it to be the male as the perpetrator and the female to be the victim. You say that the 401k is currently only talked about one way. What do you mean by that? You know, we look at it as a retirement platform and everything that we talk about regarding the 401k is about this long distance planning, this long distance goal. And that's really how it's discussed. And with the change of society, we really should be looking at this as another platform, not just this, you know, in the future, this is my future money. I, I hate that kind of phrasing. Understood. You also talk about a cycle that needs to be broken within the industry. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with people moving over, you know, making finance click over for them is that they still have the stigma that finances are complicated they're confusing, it's overwhelming. And with all of us in this space, we are we have just so much expertise. We have so many different ideas and so many different strategies that when somebody presents 
a problem to the table, we have 10 different ways to tackle one part of that problem. And we're eager to help. But the problem is, is that it keeps that cycle of people thinking and seeing finances as this very complicated thing when it's really just simple math. This is a loaded question with probably a long answer, but where do TPAs and record keepers currently get it wrong and what do they need to do to get it right? Okay. <laughs> I really think that this boils down to communication. Uh, you know, um, we spend so much time trying to get things buttoned up and avoiding litigation and it becomes the weeds. And Craig Hoffman, he reminded us at last year's ASPA annual when he was receiving his award, he said that he was reminding us to never forget that the work that we do matters. But I'd like to add, I mean, if that placates our focus on administration, it makes us feel like we get a pat on the back that we're having these high touch points or we're doing whatever white glove service. I believe we accidentally give ourselves a pass to not dig into the idea that is there a better way to communicate? Are we talking about things that people care about? And if we believe they should care about it, even though they don't, are we rethinking how to align with what they already believe? Mm -hmm. That's where I feel we're missing the mark. What role does technology play, though, in record keeping and TPAs at this point? I mean, is it really more about circling back to the human touch or do you think there's still a long way to go with the technology in the space? Well, see, I think it's both uh, because I think that if we put humans at the center of it and make that the, the focal point for decision making, it will infiltrate the decisions that we make technologically speaking because we can't just apply an app or we can't just apply a calculator. If, if we don't understand the problem, then we're creating a solution for the wrong thing. So I really think it goes hand in hand. Yeah. So what is leverage retirement and how is it different? We are a TPA record keeper and we're like everyone else. We use strategy. We look for designs that fit your needs. And yes, we communicate with your employees. Yes, we have a mobile app. Yes, we have advisor access. The difference is that everything we do is inspired by people. We force ourselves to look at the human and work backwards. And it may be improving the lives of our own team. So like we just talked about those technological decisions, and it may be that we're rethinking how we take the time to understand our clients. And to me, this is about you can help more people or you can help people more. That's good. I like that. Now, what was the genesis for the firm? Why found it? Uh, it was founded in 79. And before that, they were in an insurance and then saw the 401k coming to light and they jumped on that. Um, it actually started with a, a totally different name that was a little scary to mispronounce, Schnittman Group. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Um, and, and then later as things progressed, it, it actually became a place where a lot of technological developments were happening. I got to see even in my day, a lot of compression happening using that so that we could use our human capital so much stronger. And now here we are today with a strong focus in both health and wellness, to, you know, like hospitals and yoga studios and doctor's offices, um, and banks. And we... Yes. So we have these two main channels of business and it's been, it's been a trip. Faith, how'd you get into the industry and how long have you been doing it? I, this is my 24th year. 
So next year we'll have a party. You're invited, John. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, You know, like anyone else, I fell into the industry, but I think what's more exciting is why I stuck around. And it really, I, I take this all the way back to a day when in elementary school when my mom, I asked her for money so that I could buy a snack at school. I was going to school in the Philippines. And she said, without missing a beat, I will not give you money or a snack at school, but I'll give you money to buy something at the market. And then you can buy something, sell to your friends and eat your profit. Oh, wow. (laughs) And that gave me this very like strong curiosity for entrepreneurship, but not just that alongside it came my chance to watch people join in and get excited with me and know where to put certain people. Like I had some of my friends playing in front of my shop so that people would be curious about what I'm up to and then come talk to me about what I'm selling. And so it clicked over for me when I was working. I mean, I was basically a teenager working, uh, uh, doing trust accounting and secretarial work. But as I continued and I continued working with this company while I was in college, it started clicking for me, the excitement of the chance of innovation because this industry is ripe for change. Agreed. Absolutely. Fifty that's exactly what we needed. Thanks so much for joining us. I do appreciate it. Yes, it was an honor. Thanks, John. 